boom, it happened. All right, head. It's the special quarantine edition, which is also the first ever edition of the HDL podcast. And you're, I guess, are you the guest? Yeah, I, I don't think I'd be running this. Okay. <laughs> and I, this will be the first of a, uh, you're the ideas guy. You're going to like tell us the other like 10 shows we need to have on our podcast network. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm not much of a doer, more of an idea guy. You know? <laughs> we appreciate that about you. Okay. But go ahead. Side note before we start, when do you start judging people on how long they have their Christmas decorations up? Uh, definitely by now okay so yesterday was cool to put them away <laughs> just <ask you. laughs> wait are, are we talking about you yeah 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 so you uh, just put them away yesterday because we put them up the friday after thanksgiving like any like normal person yeah. would and then we usually take them down that like the weekend after new year's like unless new year's this is the weekend then you do it that weekend but because right. the weekend after, you like let it breathe and take it down. So we didn't do that. And then the Eagles lost a playoff game. And then things got weird. And then it was a couple months later. <laughs> <laughs> we finally took it. So like yesterday. So I was still in the, like, I went, we went to a diner before, you know, we all had the shelter in place. Right. And they had a Christmas tree up, but it was decorated like for St. Patrick's Day with like four leaf clovers and i was like that's genius we should have done that and it wouldn't you be weird have. that it's still it's still up right now but i actually that- i heard i heard someone suggest that we all put our christmas lights back out since we're all like stuck at home um oh, just to like make things pretty or whatever so you could have just been like yeah I'm, that's what i'm doing um people, i'm pretty lenient I, <laughs> we've talked about this in our slack before and like falcone and this is probably not surprising, but Falcone is like very militant about it. It's like the day after Thanksgiving and then like you take them down as the kids are opening their presents or something stupid <laughs> like that. Um, but I'm pretty lenient. I typically mine are down some point in January, but I think at the like far reaches you get Valentine's Day. I know like in the office I work in, they were putting like hearts on a little tree and even I, I was opposed i was like no just take it down it's over the tree <laughs> it's specific to a specific time frame in our lives yeah and it's over yeah i'm i mean i agree with you but you're also the one who just took down your christmas lights lots of things happened uh we we made, right. some, we made some mistakes and we're on, <laughs> we're on the cincinnati we're moving on we're, we're moving on we're moving on um how many of your girls are in how many of the girls are in your house right now currently we have three of the four the other one is she was in chicago and flew back it's a whole big thing but um she is she's like quarantining herself in her uncle's basement and okay it just sounds so weird to say that out loud and yeah. um the other three are here right now we yeah so it's all five of us here right and marisol is obviously working still as a nurse uh, yeah, so there are times where you're just Mr. Dad, Mr. Mom, yeah. I mean. Usually from about seven to six, this is true. Uh, so if I sound a little war-weary, uh, <laughs> I feel like a wartime correspondent. Like, I'm under bed and the bombs are going off all day, and I'm just reporting the news on a cell phone of my wife about what's going on. But, you know, we'll <laughs> <Yeah>. get through it. <laughs> we'll get through it. We'll get through it. And to help us get through it, we're going to chat some fantasy football, dynasty related some league specific stuff so if anyone ends up listening to this that isn't part of our league i think you'll still get something from it but uh, there will be some stuff where you're like who the heck are they talking about and why should i care you probably shouldn't but we're gonna do it anyway um head my first question for you we each have five questions for one another so we'll just we'll go through them here um how close to actually quitting were you after the trade the oh, one that God, you and that i like, made that was like three years ago that was a couple years ago yeah i wasn't i was it was almost like an not an innocuous trade because it did have a lot of ramifications of both of our rosters but i thought it wasn't gonna have the effect it eventually had just going across the entirety of the league because when i was when we made the trade it was God. I have to look. It was Rogers Bell. Were it the was two guys essentially. 
Yeah, I got Rodgers and Bell. Or something like that. I got Rodgers and Bell. You got um, Travis Kelsey, Phillip Rivers, and then a bunch of uh, draft picks because it's Dynasty League. Yeah. That was, I think, essentially like the nuts and bolts of it. And one turning, I remember one pick turning the Sterling Shepard. Like there were good picks that came out of it. I didn't think it was going to make really that big of a wave. I thought about like, oh, he's trading Rodgers and Bell. I think I had gone. I wasn't doing well, and it was just like a move. I had, I remember I had Rivers, so I pretty much had two guys of comparable value. But it was, it was essentially as if we were gonna. It was insinuating we were gonna split the money after you won. So that's when. <laughs> I got close to, I don't know how, I mean, it was like, man, I should, a part of me, because, you know, you're an idiot, and part of you just goes, yeah, I should quit this league, and I'm like, I don't know 11 other people that are going to let me in a dynasty league <laughs> ever again, so just ride the wave, and it it ended up pretty much, I mean, you still have Rodgers, so. I still have Bell. And you still, <laughs> and you still have Bell, but I don't think. I don't think it had the effect on the league. Like people were predicting, like three or three or four straight championships for you, and you you've had one in the six years we've done it, seven years, however long we've done it. Now. Right, and I, I think of so we made that trade. I think after year one, yeah, and then I won it in year three. Yeah, and I think I just perpetually, even after the trade, kept going six and seven. So it <laughs> it had no real <laughs> impact on my team. This was the first year where. I finally moved below just that netherworld you don't want to be in in a dynasty league where you're not any you're not any good and you're not any bad so you just got to get out of there. But as far as quitting, not to dance on the question, I'd say for like five minutes I was like, yeah, I'm just going to quit this league. And then five minutes later, it was like, well, I don't know. It's like Richard Gear. I had no place else to go. This is the league. Like <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. this this ends. I'm just playing with my daughters and like some you know, different type of environment. Honestly, if there was daily fantasy back then, I mean, maybe, but now like the level of commitment I have to it now, I'd literally have to like, I don't know. Somebody would have to like, basically my wife would have to cheat on me with one of the HDL guys for me to be like, <laughs> all right, I'm leaving the league. Like that's the level. Safe. Yeah. It's a level of commitment I'm at right now. <laughs> um, well, I, I can appreciate that. I know I knew it was a, like I knew it was a big deal just because of the names involved and whatnot, but uh, I remember being surprised at the blowback that came. Um, and I know, like, I remember you just—I think you took like a slack battle. You like took like a week or two off, and you're just like, "All right, I'm out of here for a little bit." Uh, cooled off and then came back. But we've had a few of those moments throughout the league, but that I think was the only one you were involved in. Yeah, and my two-week slack battle would be like anybody else taking six months off. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right, so we got the inside scoop there. Uh, what, what question you got for me? All right, so I'll keep it in the same vein. Um, when do you think it's okay to bail on a fantasy football league? Because we we were in a similar situation together, and some a couple of the other guys in the league where we were in a baseball league together. And it slowly started happening within within like the group of guys that actually were friends outside of the baseball league. We're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to keep doing this every year. And then eventually, I think it was you texted me or might have emailed me and said, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go back to league. And I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders. I was like, God, I don't want to go back either. So it's just <laughs> easy just to not go back. But right. it in hindsight, it was like, well, I should have just dumped because I made the playoffs on earlier this year, and I should have just dumped my whole future asset and roster if I, you know, my inkling was correct. But when is it right, okay right, to right. bail? Um, we'll keep it just a football. Like, is it you know not getting along with the two or three to twelve guys or teams, or is it more like you know because it's the only league I'm in anymore. I I can't. I do daily fantasy. Well, I get my my wife money to do daily fantasy but like there's other ways to you know scratch that itch so when is it okay to bail on a fantasy league is my question to you yeah um i think you kind of started to ask like why like what are the reasons that it's okay to leave for um but i think like as soon as you know you're not coming back i think you should let the commissioners know um and like I think 
I because I, I think about the football or the baseball league, and at that point, Scott, why he did this, I don't know, but Scott was our commissioner, despite not even being my co-owner anymore. Um, but uh, I kind of I had I started that league, so there was like some attachment to it for me. Like I, and I was right. Like I felt like if I left that league wasn't going to exist anymore, which is why I kind of dragged my feet on it a little bit. But if you're not like running the league and you want to be out, I think just say it. Like, I think that honesty and that upfrontness for commissioners and someone being in that position, like I'd rather have someone tell me, Hey, like this was fun, but I'm not doing this again next year. Like there's never any hard feelings for me on my end for that. Um, I think like dynasty keeper leagues, it gets a little hairier because like, if you're like, Oh, I'm not going to do this next year. And then you're like, but I'll do one more season. That feels weird because your trade, how are you going to trade? Like trading future assets gets like hairy and sketchy. So I think just like pull the ripcord is kind of my advice. (laughs) If you ever want to get out, just get out. Yeah. And I think it's incumbent on league commissioners, even in our league to have, pretty much fail safes where we limit the amount of years you can trade picks and there are the ability to, I don't think it's ever been done, but there are, is available availability to veto a trade, but this isn't me like casual saying, Hey, I'm going to bail in the league in our first spot in the first <laughs> podcast. It's just like, have you ever outside of the baseball league? Like, I think we've all kind of the rest of the guys in the Slack group. I forget who's confirmed it, but I, I Marino is still in the one that we were in together he still does that one probably because it's easy money, but that's the league I bailed on just because we were doing, I remember going to the in-person draft the last time I did that league. I barely paid attention. It was pretty much house money. I'd won the league before and had whoever the commissioner was keep the money. And it was just, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy being at the draft. And then I was like, the only guys I like in this league are Dan X, Y, and Z. Like it was like three or four guys. I'm like, if the majority of the people I don't want to, really associate with and have to like get in a trade debate with or negotiate with on it. Like I'm not, then I'm not going to do it. Like if I'm not going to have a situation where hurt feelings or something that, you know, I want to, like, I want to actually care about the person I'm having like a trade with. And I don't want to be where, you know, I didn't want it to be like a transactional thing. I didn't want to, I don't want to be in a league where I'm leaving the money on the nightstand is pretty much where I'm at with it. Yeah. And I think like to that point, if you're in a league with people that, you know, you should probably like those people. And if you don't, (laughs) Like just do a league online. Like if if the itch you're trying to scratch is just fantasy sports, rather than do it with people you actively don't like, do it with strangers. <laughs> like that would be a, the better option, I would think, and is an option out there for you. Um, all right, we've talked about. Well, that was kind of generic question, but um, we'll get to football rather than our league who um are your who would you say are your top five dynasty wide receivers right now all right so you did give me the preface of asking this um i'd say number one if this is a number one for everybody then they should immediately be trading with this person all the time because they don't know how to rank their players oh i'm really hopeful that i have a different number one (laughs) No, Michael Thomas is my number one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just he's so consistent. Like I think he's had ninety catches at least a year since he's come in the league. Um the only thing that would really give me any cause for concern is that he does have a forty one, forty two year old quarterback who can't throw the ball far. That seems right. important. But he just runs slant routes that kill teams all day. That's pretty much what he does. Yeah. Um and they pretty much build the offense around getting him open and getting him pretty much into the end zone. So I would say Michael Thomas is my clear number one. So we we're agreed on number one. We agree there. Um, we're good. We're I, not. We're I not going to agree best number one. I don't think so. I can look at my number two and know that we're not going to agree. Okay, who's your number two? Chris Godwin. No, we are way off. Godwin. Well, I I really like Godwin, and I like Evans, but I don't like that they're on the same team. I mean, well. Last year they had Jameis Winston, who Bruce Arians just allowed very clearly with his thirty and thirty season, just allowed to like chuck the ball. Yeah, just chuck the ball. ball. Um, And now with Brady, the question is, will that continue or not? But I think it probably won't to the same degree, obviously. But 
but you have a Brady offense. Um, or I'm sorry, you have so you have Brady who just peppers the slot, which is where Chris Godwin plays for the most part. So I don't think I think if anyone's production drops of one of those two, I think it's more likely Evans than it is Godwin. And I think Godwin is also the youngest. Yeah, Evan, Evans is definitely more five. the home run guy. Yeah, Godwin is the youngest in my top five, which is maybe I'm giving that a little bit of a tiebreaker there. Um, but I think, I think. He, I mean, he, what was last year? His second year? Yeah, I believe it was second or third, but yeah, he's, 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 he's under 25. Yeah. So that was his second year, um, breakout season. He was the second, I think, was he the second wide receiver in points scored, points per game? I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I think Tommy, yeah, Thomas was one. So tell me who your second wide receiver is while I look that up. My list is going to have what I kind of docked guys for was, it's a position where it's like a lot of things are outside of your control. Like I feel like DeAndre Hopkins will be number one on anybody's list if he, you know, he only time he had a real competent quarterback was for a year and a half, and then he just got traded away from that guy. But my number two is actually Tyreek Hill, just because of the stability he's going to have. If it's a yeah. dynasty wide receiver, he's going to be there unless he, you know, punches his girlfriend in the kidney again. But <laughs> he's going to be there with the best quarterback in the league, and he's their best wide receiver. And I feel like just his home run hitting ability is outrageous. And he, he has gotten better at the underneath stuff. Like when he first came in the league, it was pretty much a home run or a miss. And I had him on my team, and it was kind of the numbers you had. He either caught five for 150 or he caught nothing. So I think now being the focal point of that offense along with Kelsey, he's a really – I think he's probably one of your best bets. I'd say he's – He's, I mean, I could make the case for other guys on my list, and I don't, I don't dislike the Tampa Bay guys. You know my roster. I would, I'd give my left <laughs> pinky to have either one of the Tampa Bay guys on my team. But my only concern is who ends up getting the lion's share of the ball because, I mean, if it's Brady, he's going to want to try to replicate what he had years ago with Moss and Walker, and it just depends on who ends up being the Moss and who ends up being the Walker. I mean, both are going to have a lot of value, but I think Godwin might have more just because Brady's arm isn't what it used to be, and he's going to be the one catching the under underneath stuff. My my thing, not to go a little off of this topic, is the O.J. Howard love, I don't get it, because back when mm-hmm. he had really good wide receivers, he didn't throw the ball to his tight end. Right. He didn't get Gronk until after Moss was gone, and then they created like a two-tight end offense around Gronkowski and, you know, R.I.P. Hernandez, but since yeah. then, I don't know if it, it is recipes, rest, rest and torture. I don't know what you do with those guys, but yeah, it was more <laughs> of a necessity. But now I don't think Howard's gonna have any value. But my number two is Hill, just because he's a home run hitter with the best quarterback in the league, and he's also developed enough of an underneath game where he won't have those two and three point games right. that just kill you out of your top guy. Yeah, I think he's uh, definitely become more of a more of more than just a home run or bust wide receiver, and tied to Mahomes, you want that guy. Um, my I'll get to my number three, but my last point on Godwin is just one. I think that he is actually just a better wide receiver than Mike Evans. Uh, but also last year, he was the number two uh, wide receiver in points scored in just his second uh, season in the league and uh, in only 15 games because he missed the last two weeks due to injury. Um, so, and he's the only wide receiver other than Mike Thomas, obviously, because he was the number two, but to score over 20 points per game. So uh, that's my boy, number two, Chris Godwin. Uh, I have Tyreek Hill at number four for me. uh, And the number, so we talked about him. My number three, you mentioned, uh, is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think he would probably be my number two if he didn't get traded. Um, I I think he went to a better offense. Um, I think, or at least like they're going to, I don't know that it's a better offense. They're going to run a lot more plays than Houston did. Uh, I think they're a better coach team even after just more because of Bill O'Brien than uh, who's the young dude in Arizona now? Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. Um, th- there's more an indictment on uh, Bill O'Brien than it is a, a praise for Cl- uh, Cliff. But um I think DeAndre Hopkins, he's still in his prime. He, um, everybody know. I mean, everybody knows the points that 
he puts up. I my concern why he's not number two for me more than why he's number three. Uh, he's not number two for me because anytime a wide receiver changes teams, I feel like their stock drops a little bit for at least one season as they build rapport and fit into the offense. Uh, I think he's going to, I think his like target share is going to drop. Um, Cause he, he has seen multiple seasons where he's got 30% of the team's targets. I think in Arizona, that's not going to happen because you have Christian Kirk, you have Larry Fitzgerald, at least for another year. I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted another um, wide receiver. Um, you have Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. So I just don't think he's going to get that. Like he'll still get a really good yeah. uh, target chair, but it's not, he's not going to be that guy who gets 30%. He might be at like 25, 23%. Um, so I think that just knocks him down just enough. Clearly he's in my top five. He's number three. So I still think he's elite, but um, that's why he's not number two for me. I have him at number four on my list, pretty much for the same reasons of just switching teams. I think yeah. any any other year, if he's outside your top three, it's it's really hard to justify. I just think the same things. I think there's a lot of unknowns with how much he's going to get used. I think he's going to be their number one receiver. That's obvious. But I think the bigger issue is young. Uh, well, we just had a young quarterback. But, I mean, Murray one day may be better than Watson is. But right now, Watson's a better quarterback. Right. So he is leaving a better mm-hmm. quarterback. But I just, but I agree with the the instability of his move, and just the track record of first year receivers that a new offense not doing incredibly well. So basically, what dropped him was the fourth was I just had another guy who was I kind of had a consistency of what he was going to do, and I put Julio Jones as my number three mm. guy. Yeah, Julio is out of my top five. Uh, he godwinded him. I godwinded him. Yes, I uh, guess. he's um, I. I just feel like they're going to lose. They're going to lose a lot again. They're not a good football team. And they're in a division with the Saints where they'll, they'll play twice. They have to put up a ton of points. I know he doesn't score, but he still gets eight for 140 is still a lot of points in a fantasy league. And he does that four or five times a game. It's just he doesn't score. And that's yeah. an indictment on how bad their coach is. And it's it's mind-boggling they kept the guy around, honestly, with just the level of coach in their division now. Um, they have one of the five best coaches in the league and they just keep rolling in the saints, excuse me, Peyton's one of the top five guys in the league and they just keep rolling out Dan Quinn to go up against them every year. <laughs> and I really feel like, you know, the touchdown is the only thing that really holds him back. Cause he, and I said in our Slack group and I broke it down, he just doesn't score enough touchdowns to make him a, like a, the number of one or two guy. I mean, I think he's as talented as Michael Thomas is. He is a little bit older, but I think just with, him being the number one target still on that offense and with the, a, you know, his quarterback is just a, another guy, but he's a good yeah. other guy. He's a G-Jag, but <laughs> he's, he's just, he's, he's going to get, uh, he's going to catch it. At the end of the year, he's going to catch a hundred passes. It's going to be over 1200 yards. He's just going to have four touchdowns. So you just yeah. got to hope that if the, you get the year where he gets eight or nine and it's really justified. The only reason he's much, above Hopkins is because Hopkins switched teams. How much more production do you think Julio has left in the tank? He's 31. I I, I compare him to a Terrell Owens who had production pretty much up until he went to Cincinnati. He's a similar build. He's a bigger guy. Um, he can take more punishment. And bigger guys seem to like not have – this is from my – you know because I'm a doctor – but uh, this is from my just watching football. He's not going to have the Deshaun Jackson injuries, I don't feel, where it's just like, oh, it's a tweaked hamstring. He's out until Thanksgiving. You're like, oh, that's yeah. great. It's Labor Day. But he's also had the, the foot injury multiple years, and he's a big guy, so he's putting a lot of pressure on that foot. And at 31, that's why he's out of the top five for me. I think if in a redraft league, I'm taking him – top five wide receiver probably but when i'm looking in the dynasty context i don't know that i can take him uh above some of these guys who are four years younger than him um, and putting up similar numbers if i was like if he was available for trade like let's say what would it take for you to so you have julio and you want to get thomas what are you offering that you like? How far apart do you think they are? What do you have to put into it? Like, is it like two firsts and Julio for Thomas? You think it gets it done, or you think there's no way anybody trades you Thomas or Julio, no matter unless you put in like something that you're not going to put into a trade? 
Yeah, that's weird. Like value wise, I think like Julio and two first, the value is probably like if you quantified it into numbers, like it's probably close. But I don't know. Like why am I doing that? I'm just trying to get the value, man. I'm not saying I want you to make the trade. <laughs> I think that's about the value. Yes. Okay. Like two first. I don't know who, like, I don't know that anyone would do that trade. But that is the value. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what do we have? Three of the same guys pretty much so far. We have Thomas, Hill, and Hopkins, right? So my top four are Thomas, Godwin, Hopkins, Hill. Um, so yeah, mine is Thomas, Hill, Jones, Hopkins. Okay. And then all right, I bet our number five, I'm going to guess it's the same. Devontae it- Adams? No, our number five is not the same. Okay, who you got? Um, I have Amari Cooper at five. Amari Cooper. All right. I, I think I, I think I think just because of how obviously valuable he is to that team, and with a better coach coming in, I don't care who it, it could be. You, it's going to be a better coach than Jason Garrett coming into that offense with him. They're going to use him. I don't know how you use him better than they did, but they will find a way to get even more production out of Cooper. And I just think it's worth it over Adams, who I do feel like has the turf toe. And, you know, I don't know how much longer Rodgers is going to be a guy you can pretty much just kind of take his best receiver and that guy's automatically a top five or ten guy. But I just didn't like the injuries I saw last year out of Adams. And it was multiple. It was like a – was it? it was a turf toe and then it was something else. Something, yeah. Like a foot, a knee, or I don't, can't remember. It was feels like it was twenty years ago, but I just took Cooper because he's a clear number one on what should be a good offense still. And I mean, the quarterback there, he is a jag, but he's a he's, he's a G jag. So <laughs> Scott's gonna hear this, and he's just gonna put G jag in every he's gonna, he's freaking gonna comment. Every time. Yeah. Um, what what he's gonna tell you is that those weren't that wasn't in your initial tiers. There was no G jag tier. You're making stuff up now, but. Uh, I get I get Cooper. I think um, when he was in uh, Oakland, uh, he was he kind of without he, normally when you think of like the boomer bust guys, you think of speed guys like a Tyreek Hill or uh, like a Deshaun Jackson. But Cooper was I think more probably because of the offense and the quarterback. He was like boomer bust. Like he would have these blow up weeks and then he would disappear for stretches. And then when he went to Dallas, that evened out a little bit more, but. Um, I'm just, they paid, I mean, now they paid him money too, but they paid so much money to Zeke and, um, it is a new offense. So we'll have to see uh, if they're willing to throw the ball more or if they're just going to feed Zeke. Um, I don't know if he'll get the volume to be in my top five or not, which is Adams. Like I get the, uh, he had the injuries last year and the Rogers is old, but they continually don't address the wide receiver position for Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers seems like a guy who he needs to trust his wide receivers more than like, like he just is an angry man when it comes to his, like he calls out uh, his wide receivers when they're doing stuff wrong. And so like the only person who he can trust is Devonte Adams. So I think he's just going to get fed for yeah. as long as Rodgers does play. Yeah, Rodgers' number two wide receiver is going to be available in every fantasy league on the waiver wire at the beginning of the year. It's going to be just some guy named like Frank Franks who's just going to be the number two wide receiver that catches eight passes for three weeks, and he's going to be off the radar, and then it's going to be back to – like they had the Janice guy caught touchdown passes. There's always some like fast white guy who somebody, <laughs> who somebody spends a bunch of their free agent money on. Uh, it was Jeff Janice, and I was the guy who spent a lot of money on him. And then last year was Jake Kumaro for like a hot minute. He was going to be like the next thing until, of course, he wasn't. But all right, so real quick, uh, my top five, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, which is the controversial pick, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyree Kill, and Devontae Adams. And then your top five was what again? It was Thomas, number one, Hill, number two. My controversial pick was Jones at three. And then I had Hopkins four, and I had Cooper five. And then I have it written down on the sheet that I wrote it on. Uh, the TB guy split value, but both next five. I wrote that like hours ago. Okay, so you had you they're had probably like six, there. seven, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. It's just okay. yeah. yeah, I just because of the change in yeah, that's scenery. Fair. That's fair. Um, all right, I think your question is up. What do you got for me? Okay, so 
I want you to rank the value you hold for like positional value of a wide receiver, running back, and quarterback when you're looking to make a trade or you're, somebody offers you a trade. All right. So uh, the easy one for me is quarterback, which I think is the least valuable. Um, we only start one quarterback. If you're in a super flex, that changes. Quarterbacks become immensely uh, valuable. But in a start one quarterback league, they are the least valuable. Uh, I did a little bit of research because I wanted to not just say I'm right because I know I am, but um, I did know I was. And so I looked it up to to get some numbers to prove it. So Lamar Jackson last year, he had six more points per game than every other quarterback. So if you had him, which I did, uh, then you had an advantage. But after that, there like was no advantage. Um, the QB2 in points per game, I don't know how many to- how many guesses I could give you, but you won't guess. It was Matthew Stafford. Um, he obviously got hurt, so his total points were that high. But his points per game, he was the QB2 overall for the whole year for the whole year yeah points per game wow. per game played did yeah. they did they go new coach too or is patricia still there no patricia is still there oh lord so um so anyway so there was a six point difference between lamar jackson qb1 and qb2 and this is points per game not total points at qb2 which was matthew stafford all right so there's a six point difference there from matthew stafford if you drop down six points, you go all the way down to QB fifteen. Oh, so there's there's so that you there's no fourteen th- guys. Yeah, that in when only twelve quarterbacks are starting in a given week, you have fourteen quarterbacks that are going to finish within sixteen points of each other. Yeah. So, so in so in our league of twelve guys, so if you start Rodgers and I start Watson, they'll be two to fourteen pretty much every week, or three yes. to fourteen. Yes. Yeah. And within six points of one another. So I'd rather, if I can start, like, if the acquisition cost of QB14 is cheaper, then give me QB14 and I'll make up those six points somewhere else. It's kind of my mindset. So quarterbacks are least valuable. Um, And I think I've actually changed my mind over the last year when it comes to wide receiver and running back. Uh, before I think I would have said that I value wide receiver more, but I'm, I'm back on the running back bandwagon. Um, so this is kind of, I want more wide receivers on my team because in our league, anyway, you have to start three and you can start up to five, but I think running backs are more valuable. Um, wide receivers just so deep anymore, like teams in so real NFL, like you're using, three wide receivers regularly now yeah 90% of your plays you have three wide receivers on the field so the wide receiver just is so deep um so i made two trades this uh i'm in our dynasty league and then i'm in one other dynasty league and in both you I, whoa whoa you're cheating on us with another <laughs> dynasty league i am I, I had to get a little super flex in um so i made two trades i tr- traded in our league i traded stefan diggs and philip Lindsay for leonard fournette now after free agency played out that looks especially good in my favor getting fournette and giving up Diggs. but even beforehand like i thought i'd rather get the top tier running back and i lose Diggs, who is a starter every week but from Diggs to like jameson crowder which in name value it feels like a big drop off but in points per game, it's like three points per game. And so now I'm starting Leonard Fournette instead of having to try to start a bad Le'Veon Bell or Philip Lindsay, I get a stud running back. And then the other trade I made, which I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are, because uh, I talked to Troy about it because um, he's kind of like my silent co-owner in that league. He doesn't really do much other than when I make trades without his permission, he yells at me like this one. Uh, I traded DeAndre Hopkins for Nick Chubb. Wow. Well, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. I I don't just because I mean, I'd have to know the rest of your roster to see like who's replacing, like who you have on the back end for Hopkins, but also running backs are weak. Uh, I have Christian McCaffrey, but then I have like no one. Yeah, then then I don't – most people look at that and they'll think you lost that trade for some reason, but I think Nick Chubb's going to get – he's one of the rare guys that's going to get 18 to 20 carries a game. 
Right. Even even when it's obvious that a guy is like the top guy, outside of like four or five guys, coaches rarely give – it must be like I'm not sure, but it must be like after a certain amount of carries, the production falls off during a game or during a year. But if you can get a guy of the value that I think Chubb has, he's really, he's young. It's supposed to be his second year this, this year coming. Yeah. He was a rookie last year. And then, I mean, you have Chubb, you have Henry. I mean, there's certain guys I'd definitely make that trade for. Like, Henry's a little more – Henry's like a guy I really wouldn't touch just because of how many car- like carries he had last year. He literally – Well, and he just – he's a literal zero in the passing game. Yeah. And, yeah, Chubb's going to get out of the backfield. And with a guy like Mayfield, he's – He's going to dump the ball off a lot. And they're trying to make that team better. They're adding uh, – the offensive line was a big weak spot. They, uh, I think they signed two offensive linemen. Um, they added Austin Hooper. So they're trying to make that team better, which should lead to more scoring opportunities by the goal line, which means Nick Chubb scores more. We already talked about why I think DeAndre Hopkins still elite. Um, but – yeah, I think there's points. I think there's a sixty to seventy percent chance you won that trade. Like yeah. I don't feel like it's fifty fifty. I think you have a better chance of winning that trade or like basically being even in that trade. But if you don't have any other running backs besides McCaffrey and you have to start two, why not get a guy who's top twelve potential every for the next two yeah. or three years and you gave up a guy that he might be on the elite end, but if you have other elite guys or two guys that are in the top 20 to 30 it might make up right. enough of the points where yeah. you're not going to get like if you can get a guy like nick chubb you pretty much have to yeah and i now i wanted to have that conversation without giving my roster because i think i think just putting my uh, eggs in the running back basket is kind of where my head is going but given my roster i feel like it i guess i'm betting on juju smith schuster a little bit but my other wide receivers are julio jones amari cooper and juju smith schuster so like i that's where my strength was so uh, if i could get a top tier i gave up deandre hopkins like i don't think he's nothing but uh that's what you have to do if you want to get a top tier running back so so i value running backs more now. Uh, and here's the last point I'll make as to why. So I did this research too. Uh, I kind of picked these players at random. Um, and I picked the six points difference because that's what it was at quarterback. So it's also kind of arbitrary. So maybe you can pull holes in some of this logic, but, um, it's, it's a touchdown. Yeah. And it's a touchdown. Yeah. So, um, it's actually good logic. It's not arbitrary. It's there you go. It's guys. See, that I'm, score. S- I'm, I'm smarter than I thought I was. Um, Oh, and another reason why I did it too is because like there's just a big at quarterback, there's a big gap between QB one, Lamar Jackson, and QB two, Matthew Stafford in points per game. And then at running back, same thing with Christian McCaffrey, like he was head and shoulders above the rest. But then if you look at the second best uh running back and you dropped six points, you're still at wide or you're at running back fourteen or fifteen. So similar to quarterback, um, in the spread there. But at wide receiver, it goes all the way down to wide receiver twenty one. So you go from wide receiver two, you drop six points, and you're at wide receiver 21. So now you have where quarterback, we said you could get 14 guys in there. Now you're getting 20 guys in that six-point window. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like it's just it's a better range. At, it's deeper. Yeah, it's deeper, and there's a better range at the wide receiver position. Yeah. I, so, I honestly don't like I, – I feel quarterback was three. I didn't want to just make it a question about wide receiver and running back in case you had some – just like a different opinion on it. I but <laughs> I yeah. I go back and forth all the time on it. And this offseason, just with the two trades I've made, I I think I I guess from the trades we've made, it's I'm valuing wide receiver more. Just because when you don't have – with running back, you kind of – I mean, even, you're really just – you're at the. It's more of an injury plague position, and you're you're almost hoping against hope that like if the guys on your team you're hoping his offense gets stopped at the get stopped at the three a lot of the time, and he could just punch one in and get you an easy seven points or six, seven, eight points. But I feel like a wide receiver when you don't have enough of enough of the depth guys, it just it kills you all year. So I just started trying to grab guys who aren't in that top twenty or twenty five, but have but are young and have the ability to get in there. I mean Ridley and Tate are. Auden Tate are probably the two best guys I could have got this year, and it didn't cost me an outrageous amount. But I mean, yeah. I, I still don't know what I'm going to do in the draft. There's a running back and a wide receiver of like similar 
I guess, value on what they're going to project to, I'm not going to know exactly who I'm taking until I get to the situation where I'm picking. Yeah. Yeah. I think wide receiver is just deeper. So, but I think you're right. You need to have, they're also deeper in our, like we start more of them. So you need to have those depth guys as well. Um, But all right. So which league mate would you most want to be quarantined with? Oh man. There's no Asians in our league. Um, <laughs> no, um, the who man, Troy. Oh yeah, Troy. Like we've literally, what's basically a quarantine. We would play like you were there. We'd play like four or five hour poker sessions, and we'd sit next to each other. And I literally don't think we had one even like spatial argument. <laughs> he, I don't know if the I don't know if the guy drinks beverages out like i've seen him at like parties and functions have a beer but he, like i don't think he sustains himself on liquids he <laughs> never had like a water or a soda at the table and he was never like in the way and he, he's a big he's a big he's a big confidence guy so he'd be like he's like yeah make that call go ahead do it. Yeah, you, you got good cards <laughs> it's a good call smart play now you should fold that he was great at that and we never really went head to head there were never really friction so it would be troy he seems like the easiest hang yeah 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 so All right, and the, then, that's my answer. This is part two. It's same question, uh, but who would you least want to be quarantined with? See, people are going to think I want to say Scott, but I'm not because I've known Scott. Like, if you know, I've known Scott for like 20 years. It's really weird to say that. This is pretty much high school or late yeah. high school. We've known each other 20 years. You you don't remain friends with somebody and you aren't interacting in a in a daily chat if you can't stand somebody as much as me and scott do it so it wouldn't be scott it would probably be ian or new mike because i don't know i don't know him that well mm. and i don't want to just get stabbed by what's basically be, a stranger in a quarantine yeah, yeah. that's fair that's fair so uh, probably one of the and, new guys yeah that's fair what what about you you don't get out of not answering that what yes i do you have five questions for me this is not all right all right fine whatever <laughs> all right so, all right, so, so... No, i'll answer i'll answer um i think I won't say Scott for most because he's my co-owner. Um, but I would probably say uh, Troy is, is a good answer. Um, honestly, Brett, I think because like, I feel like Brett, Brett's like slack personality. Uh, if we were quarantined together, I don't think would be that much different than his actual personality. And it would just be like, it would be entertaining to say the least, I think. Um, it probably would get on my nerves, and I feel like I'm gonna reg- I would regret that answer. Um, who would I least want to be quarantined with? Um, I know we pick on Falcone a lot, but I think Falcone, and the reason is just because I fi- I'm like I'm a laid back, like do whatever you want kind of guy, and I feel like in like quarantine stress situation, he would be very regimented. He definitely would have the whiteboard of like yeah, breakfast yeah. seven fifteen. He'd yes. be like yeah. And it would bother me. That would bother me a lot. So I love how like organized he is. It is great for him and our league. But uh in quarantine, I don't want that. I want to be able to chill. And I think uh Brett would do that and we could watch movies and I could make fun of his stupid opinions and I could try to, I could also just make him do, I'd be like, I bet you can't do 50 pushups. Uh, and he'd be like, yes, I can. So I think that would be easy entertainment. I but, think I think it would end with Brett trying to literally run up the, I could run up the wall and then he would, he would break, <laughs> he would break his collarbone. <laughs> and then I'd be quarantined by myself, which is also fine. Like I'm also okay with that. Oh, All right. what, was, what you got for me? All right, so in in a similar in a similar vein, in our league, who would you rat? Okay, so there's two ways. So who who is the person you would least like mind getting crushed by? Like you just lose like two ninety to ninety. Your like your quarterback pulls a hamstring the first quarter. Your best wide receivers are on a bye, and you just get smoked by somebody. Who do you think you can handle it the most from? Like who? could beat you by 200 points and you'd make it to Thursday the next week. And who yeah. do you like least? Who do you think you, you could take mm. it from the most and you could take it from the least? Yeah. yeah. Um, so most probably Marino is, he's just, I feel like Dan is just like all around nice guy. Um, if not Dan Marino, it, it's him or Chris black are the two. Um, once upon a time, 
I would Chris was Falcone's co-owner, so I wouldn't have wanted to lose to Falcone like that. But Chris was just a nice guy, and so theoretically, like if he owned his own team, I would do it. But then he took he has a good team, and I feel like this year was like a confidence boost to Chris, and he not that he isn't nice anymore, but like he's just a little bit more competitive. And so I've lost. I don't know if he was there. I think it's Marino. It'd be Marino, and then at least would absolutely be brett Bipu because um we just have a rivalry here and uh, a trash talking one too where i have i have uh claimed victory before the victory was actually won and he has rubbed that in my face um even though i then went on to beat him in the championship that same year um he still talks about the time that i talked too soon so screw brett i never <laughs> want to lose to him in any fashion at all <laughs> How about how about you? Um, I think honestly, I think I could handle getting beat by Brett by two hundred points just because of the value it's going to add to <laughs> Slack for the next three or yeah. four days with him just calling everybody dopes and saying you guys are idiots. <laughs> well, he's like, I just won by two hundred points, and you know Falcone only peaked out a four point win over Billy or something. Right, so right. even though for me it would be awful just losing to Brett because he'd hold it over me. So if I beat him in the playoffs, he'd say the same thing. Yeah, but a week seven when, you know, you, I beat you two ninety one to eighty four, where were you then? Like it's that's just how his brain functions. But I think for the rest of the league it would be great. And the person I would least like to lose to is probably Billy just because he was my co owner. And mm. I feel you know, I mean it is peanuts for life, but that's all for show. <laughs> he, he left me. He left me in the dark. I mean, his his biggest contribution was getting Tyreek Hill in like... And he took him with him. And then he took him with him. Then he got him back from me. Like I, I felt like it was kind of like a dad buying his daughter a house when she gets married. So I basically brought bought Billy's fantasy house, and he took it in the form of Tyreek Hill. And that's how I would get smoked. It would be Tyreek Hill going off for like nine... Catches right. 180 yards to three touchdowns. And like the one game that Hunter Henry is healthy for. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, peanuts I for life, say, kind of, but really not really at all. Just because he, yeah, he, he yeah. left me cold. I will say to the point that you made about uh, losing to Brett being good for like entertainment value and slack, that is one of the reasons why I trash talk. I feel like my trash talk ramps up with Brett because either like, I'm going to trash talk the whole week leading up to it and then I'm going to win and it's just going to be glorious for me or I'm going to trash talk all week and lose and it'll be glorious for everyone else. So it's like a self-sacrificial thing. Like I, this is going to be entertaining for the league no matter what. Whereas if I was just quiet, if I did what Falcone does, which was like be quiet and then squawk after a win, like no, <laughs> in that's true pigeon cool. form. <laughs> in true pigeon form. Nobody wants that. All right. Um, is it, am I asking a question? I think I am. Yeah, I just um, yeah, it's just me. My... All right. Uh, <clears throat> one rule change to our league or any league. What what would it be? I won't do the summit rule because about um no trade deadline. Oh, you want no trade deadline? Right. Because Scott's think Scott thought I was going to show up like empty handed. <laughs> Like I have a real job, and I so really trained people for like a year, and all I, I did it off a of PowerPoint most of it. So my game is strong. So you're ready. Okay, very that's strong. It. I feel like that's a hint as to what we can expect. And but the second rule that I would probably change in almost any fantasy league, but maybe well, our specific, I would I would push. And I can like, and I can say this now because I have one good quarterback. I don't have two, so it's not like I, like I, I was in a position before where I had like Rodgers and Rivers, and I wasn't squawking too heavy for like the super flex. But I would push for a super flex in our league. Mm-hmm. I think it would yeah. put it would like make trades more interesting because I don't think quarterbacks move nearly as much as like we trade really good players a lot. Like yeah, we good players get traded from team to team. Like guys will put them up if they're wide receivers. I guess because of the depth, but. I feel like in a super flex with where two quarterbacks have value, guys who have one and are trying to ride it out with like how I'm probably going to do this year with like Fitzpatrick backing up my you know number one guy. If you had the opportunity where starting two was advantageous, it may create even more activity and more trades. And I think that's yeah. kind of outside of the games. That's kind of what our league's built on is just yeah. trades and how we react to them. Yeah, I do. I- Yes, theoretically, I'm on board with you. I think 
I'm all about it. I I said the other dynasty league that I'm in is in is a super flex, and I love that part about it. I wish we could just switch the people that are in them. Like I would love to have a super flex with this league because because of the things that you said. It, we are we're already super active in trading, um, and we're not afraid to make big moves. And then you add quarterbacks actually have value, and now I think that entertainment value goes up. I, the reason why I hesitate is because realistically, it's hard to introduce super flex when you don't have that. Like like Sarlo has James Jameis Winston and. I don't Andy Dalton as like his quarterbacks right now. Yeah, so like and a hurricane he, could make it zero. <laughs> so uh, I knew I shouldn't have brought up him as the example, but, but you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. he, him and many others haven't been planning on that. And so it's hard to like introduce that. But anyway, it, yeah, it would um, have to be like a phase in at like 2023. Like people would have to be able to draft for it and trade draft picks knowing like you'd have to have more value. And when you try, like, I mean, Joe Burrows, I mean, I don't know when he's going to go, but in a super flex, he would obviously go higher than he's going to go. Joe Burrows, the 101 in a super flex. I yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy like, top yeah, three. that's what I mean. It's like, the, it does, it changes all value. So it wouldn't be something I'd implement right away. The trade deadline thing, it's either you're for it or you're against it. And I don't think it has a real impact on the value of what's been traded. I just think it puts the ability to, you know, the value of when to trade kind of changes. Right, right. Um, the only the rule that I think every league should have, we already have, and it's the Uber wild card. I think most points scored should be the last uh, playoff spot. For, for everybody who doesn't, like, I know we were all at the summit when we made that a rule, but Frank was there, and I think he had, like, he may have tweaked his back at coaching basketball that night. And he was just trying to sit or lay down most of the time. So a lot of guys didn't see him. And we were debating the rule. And he couldn't hear it on the ground. And I I think when I was convinced to go on board with Uber Wildcard, he like looked up. I forget. There was some type of sport on. It was a, it was a Mike's place, I think. And I was like, Uber Wildcard is just the six most points gets in the playoffs. He's like, all right, cool. And that's had literally the conversation we had on a major <laughs> rule change that was probably going to impact us for years to come we didn't do it that year it didn't pass that year and i i'm pretty sure i could be wrong but you and frank i convinced after it got voted down oh yeah that's what it was i I don't remember the point that i made but like it got voted down and i like said i made a point and you and frank were like oh (laughs) and then like we moved on to the next thing and like ah so we had to wait like another year but uh all right your question yeah yeah so what when you go to set your lineup how much of it from a team perspective is it on purely the statistical analytical portion of his verse maybe what you and scott are thinking in your gut on who you should start because with thursday night games if you feel like oh i feel like um you know whoever like Jimmy Graham, he always kills the Bears or whatever, and then he goes off and gets two touchdowns and he didn't start them. I feel like it kind of creates this weird tension within a co-ownership if one guy really wants to start somebody. And the other guy's like, no, we have this tight end. He's the number two tight end in the league. He consistently gets X, Y, and Z. We traded X former. We drafted X former. We need him. Like, we start him every week. It's dumb to do that. Like, is how much of it yeah. is just this is statistics and analytical portion of it and matchups to drive it, or just literally a gut feeling that, you know, you know, Janice is going to catch the Rogers touchdowns this week. <laughs> so I maybe both, but I know Scott is like very, and I, I think I can lean into the like crazier calls and it, I wouldn't say it's like gut driven. Some of it might be, but like I normally I try to have like a statistical reason for why i want to do the thing that i'm going to do an analytical reason for why why i want to do but i'm more willing to make like the bold call uh than i think scott is and not like he's scared i think it's because he's smart (laughs) actually um but he's very much like a start your stars kind of guy um whereas like last year i i fought him for it and i got it but um it was vikings versus the bears and um at this point i so i had Diggs and thielen on my team and 
uh, Thielen had been playing really well and Diggs had like no good game whatsoever. And uh, I convinced Scott to let me start Stefan Diggs and sit Adam Thielen. And I started um, Trey Quinn from Washington Redskins over Adam Thielen. And my reasoning was that Diggs just historically, he owns Chicago and that Chicago shuts down slot receivers, which is where Thielen plays. And I had to fight Scott hard for it. And like, he basically was just like, fine, do whatever. And like, he's like, but I will say, I told you so. Like he was like, I, I disagree with this move, but if you feel like you want to do it, then do it. Um, and Trey Quinn did like nothing. He put up like three points, but Adam Thielen put up 2.8. And I was like, so proud of myself. Um, but be- <laughs> be- because Scott's not a pushover and he's going to fight, I will look for like, what's the craziest start I could make. And like, what's the argument for it? And I, so I just like bombard Scott with all the stupid stuff. Like, Hey, what if we sat, um, I don't know, whatever. Like, what if we sat Adam Thielen for Trey Quinn this week? Like, I, I will bring those things to him and annoy him with them. Do you start, like, early in the week, or is it, like, last minute? Is it more of a, if it's twelve fourteen in the afternoon, right before the 1 o'clock, he's more likely to just go with it? Or if you, you have to, like, break him down slowly, starting on, like, start Tuesday Friday. afternoon? You start Friday. If if there are Thursday games, obviously, well, there's Thursday games every week, but we don't necessarily have anyone playing in a Thursday game. But um, those are usually if, the bad teams, and you're one of the better teams in the league that starts if, good players on good teams. Yeah. <laughs> if we have like, if we have a Thursday game, we make that decision obviously early in the week. But then uh, I really don't touch the rest of my lineup until like Friday. I'll th- Friday is I build my arguments. Tuesday through Thursday, and then I bring them to Scott on Friday. Yeah, we, uh, what's yeah, what's the dynamic with you and Frank? Well, we have a silent owner who helps out. I was going to ask you about that. So I am. Why, why is he a silent owner? Do we even know who, like, have you mentioned his name? In, in like, Slack? No. Like, we have a three man text that we pretty much do all the time. It's like about every, off, it's pretty much sports centric. Right. Um, and we did a few like like blog radio things together, and that's how I met Ferg. It's, it's Jason Ferguson. I don't know if anybody in the league knows him. Okay, yeah, he's yeah. from Clayton, the Clayton area. I don't. I think that's. I think Frank met him through like work at the school. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he basically he's kind of the way things are working out now. He doesn't really. He doesn't put in like me and Frank. So do like the fees and all, like pretty much fifty fifty. And this year worked out where the three of us did two leagues and Frank paid for that one and I paid for ours and Ferg just kind of gives his advice. Um, then he had his own league where he did one of those, you draft teams of units like the chargers guys or those Packers guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that. So yeah, his name's Ferg. We call, I call him Ferg. He's a, he's the balance. Like, so if what's great now is that since we brought him in and why we've been more active in trades is if, Ferg's on board with it and I'm on board with it, then Frank is like, all right, we'll do it then. You know, he like he's kind of like if it's like a consensus, a majority, he doesn't try to like overrule two guys in a trade. Right. Um, so he's really just kind of like the Jimity Cricket of the team now. And I think that's why I've gotten smarter. And he's like, guys, you're six and seven, you're gonna stay six and seven, you gotta do something about this. Right. You know, you're just you're good enough to be bad, but not bad enough to be really bad. And then I I literally explained, was like, well, we don't tank. Like, it's not a tank league. It's like, he's like, well, he's like, no, he's like, put in your best player. He's like, but just try to get better players. That's <laughs> pretty much <laughs> what he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he pretty much, so there's been trades we've made where Frank's really wanted to do it and I haven't. And Ferg's been on his side and where I wanted to make a move. And Frank really didn't want to. And we just wouldn't do it. Like, cause neither one of us, you know, really we're going to push the other one too far. And then Ferg kind of just brings a different angle to it. And he's, really active like i can get a hold of him anytime um i don't know if he would come he would come to a summit and all it's just we haven't had one since we've gotten really involved in the league right or draft but i don't think you guys are mind it's just he doesn't really put anything in monetarily he just likes doing it with us because i i kind of give him the same value in his league and frank so it's kind of like the three of us have three teams and we all kind of pay for them on our own but we're all in the win if we win yeah yeah um all right my last question who is the next person to leave the HDL. I don't know specifically, but probably one of the one of the younger guys just because life changes so much. 
mm. and your commitment to stuff changes and your ability to do stuff changes. I don't, and I don't mean that in a negative. I hope, like, I like the 12 guys we have. I know who I would like to get that team. Um, if it, if a team becomes available, um, is this someone currently in our, yeah, like it's, it's owner, yeah, it's somebody within the league. I wouldn't go outside the league at this point. I think we have enough co-owners and it's not my co-owner. I don't think it would be Frank. I don't think he would want to own his own team on his own in our league. I think he likes yeah. kind of that. He does not do the grunt work in this league and he can kind of have a voice and all, but I think leaving, like, I just think one of the younger guys, um, just because, you know, something can happen. They get a job opportunity that right. just kills their time. And, like, yeah. I mean, older guys, like, even though Calhoun kind of has to travel a ton and he doesn't know what deadlines are, but he's still, <laughs> when he's around, he's super active. And he, you know, right. his lineups also, and it, like, trades are hard to make with him. But I think that's more of a strategy than him ignoring people at this point because right. he'll talk to you. But I think just one of the younger guys is because how much life changes. I mean, I hope it stays the same for a while because I kind of want to see this league have consistency for multiple years at the ownership spot. But if a team does change, um, and I don't know how we vote on it. I mean, I'm going to put on the record. I think Hark would be the next guy I'd want to have get their own team. The guys had to put up with Sarlo for literally since the <laughs> league started. And then we was pool drunk and Hark's sitting there like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. I don't think Hark wants his own team. But uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, do you have one more question for me, I think? Yeah. So let's say, you know, you get down on your luck. You get, you get real gamble happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the first of the month. Mortgage is due. We're super super personal. You're putting it all down on a daily fantasy lineup, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to get me back. All right. I'll be able to get off the couch, back in the bedroom, all the good gravy stuff. All right. Okay. You have to rank your top three guys. You can't pick your daily fantasy team. It's got to be okay. guys in the league. So you have your choice. So you you get to make three phone calls. All right. So if the first guy doesn't pick up, you move to your second guy. Second guy doesn't pick up, you move to your third guy. Who are the three guys in order that you would let set a lineup with you know everything you have riding on it? So you're like your ride or die daily guy. All right. Um, first. Is Marisol an option? <laughs> no, you you keep my wife's name out of your mouth. <laughs> no, okay. um, no, no. God, I'm joking. I'll, I'll pick. I'll pick from the league. Um, I don't even know. Every, I'm not sure everyone's habits. Um, so I think my number one would be. Troy, I think Troy would uh, take it seriously. He's a gambler for sure, but he's gonna, he's not gonna half-ass it. Like he's gonna, he's also gonna want me to get off the couch. So, uh, and would take it seriously. So I think Troy, I think number two, uh, even though I know he doesn't like daily fantasy. But I think it would be Sarlo because he's worked in the industry before and he might have some connections for that, me. That, that's and, a good pull. That's a good pull so, right there. Um, I don't know that he plays. Uh, actually, in Texas, I don't think he can play like the traditional like DraftKings and stuff anymore. Yeah, he, uh, he, plays the, uh, he plays the monkey knife fight. Yeah, the chimpanzee clubbing thing or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what's the broken lizard thing? The monkey like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the banana anyway um monkey knife fight uh but i think so sarlo i think would be my number two and then my number three would be milzy just because uh the dude wins everything so he might have even should have been my number one but he'd be my number three just on the luck factor yeah and you also have the factors if milzy hits it then you can trash talk on brett that his co-owner is the one that got that bailed you out that one time with daily fantasy and brett exactly wasn't even an option <laughs> <laughs> Did you have? Did you rank them? No, it was just okay. Uh, yeah, it's, well, I think Troy would be in there, Sarlo because of the inside action, and then I'm trying to think who else play. Maybe Mike I, does. I don't know if all of Mike does if yeah, he plays know. it or not. But he puts in a ton of effort into just knowing who's in the draft, like the actual draft. So, like if you're right. trying to fill out your roster with those 
last two or three spots that are cheaper guys, I might want it to be Mike in my top three just to be able to make those picks of guys I just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good, good hang, good chat. Uh, who? This is a bonus question. We can both answer. Who wins this year for us in our league? In our league, yeah. Um, Troy's still really good. Like I, like it's really hard. Like he, it's hard to repeat just because all your guys have to stay healthy. But yeah. I think his team's really good. I, I'd go Troy, um, probably you guys. And then Falco, and I think I don't think a lot's changed pre-draft. That's it would be probably Troy than you guys, and then Falco. I don't think anybody's made themselves drastically better in the second tier. Um, I think guy, I think it's a year where guys are going to come into that tier. I think Michael make a jump up, probably all yeah. bomb, and I think Ian and new Michael probably jump up a little bit. But I don't really see anybody in that second tier jumping into where they could win it this year. So I yeah. think it's probably that's my top three ranking. I think you're right. I think those. I agree with you. I think those are the top three. And then I do. I, I agree with you too that I. I don't think this is the year for that second tier to challenge the top tier. But I think that second tier is coming. Um, and I thought Mike. Um, every year, the last like couple of years, Mike has had a ton of first round picks, and I thought I liked his team last year heading into the season, and then he made a few trades for more picks rather than keep his players. I thought last year he could have made a playoff run. I don't think he would have challenged to win. But uh, if this year he sticks it out, then I think uh, next the following year Mike could be a serious contender. But all right, man, we're out of here. Enjoy the rest of your quarantine. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Real, real quick, I feel like everybody yeah. ends a conversation like that now. I feel like every conversation I have, like – actually on the phone like text is different it's like an ongoing conversation like you have a conversation with somebody on the phone now i feel like it's the end of the jerry springer show where it's like his <laughs> final thought he's like okay take care of yourself and each other and then you're like did i just say that like i don't like you're gonna be ever we're gonna be fine all right we're gonna make it out we'll be <laughs> it's fine just, it's kind of it's the drive safe like, yeah but now that, it's like, like you know your around. respiratory system like, <laughs> st- stay healthy okay like what were my other options like i'm not gonna go out and start licking guardrails like hey, watch I'm, out it, for the drugs out there 